Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. President Trump touches down for the NATO summit and immediately is hitting nerves. Plus, is this now what a trade war looks like? I asked for the umpteenth time. And the Trump administration misses a deadline, but who is going to pay the price other than the kids caught in limbo? This is the State of America Tonight. Germany is totally controlled by Russia. Germany, as far as I'm concerned, is captive to Russia. I look forward to the NATO summit, but I am counting on controversial discussions. We have a very, very good relationship with the Chancellor. We know where they are, and there's a plan to reunite them. This was intended to be a cruel policy on purpose, as a deterrent. It is one of the great acts of American generosity and charity, what we are doing for these unaccompanied kids. The U.S. is drawing up a new list of tariffs on China. I don't think tariffs are the right way to go. Hello, everyone. I'm Kate Baldwin, live in New York. Two reviewers watching around the world. This is State of America tonight. Talk about hitting the ground running or more like coming out swinging. The very first meeting on the very first day, a breakfast with the secretary general of NATO. And right out of the gate, President Trump had a bone to pick with Germany. But Germany is totally controlled by Russia because they will get it from 60 to 70 percent of their energy from Russia and a new pipeline. And you tell me if that's appropriate, because I think it's not. And I think it's a very bad thing for NATO, and I don't think it should have happened. Germany is a captive of Russia because they supply. They got rid of their coal plants. They got rid of their nuclear. They're getting so much of the oil and gas from Russia. Totally controlled by Russia, a captive of Russia because of a major gas pipeline deal with Russia in the works for years. Here is a former State Department spokesman, John Kirby. It's just factually false. Yes, Germany is a net importer of their uh, energy, but fully a third of it comes from renewables. There's nothing NATO can do about it, nor should NATO do anything about it. The, uh, the, the trade and energy sector for Germany, as for all our European allies, has nothing to do with their commitments uh, to, to NATO. So apples and oranges, says Kirby. For her part, Chancellor Merkel responded to President Trump with something of a history lesson. Because of current events, I want to add that I myself lived through a part of Germany being controlled by the Soviet Union, and I am very happy that today we are united in freedom as the Federal Republic of Germany, and that we can also say that we manage our independent policies and manage our independent decisions. So what then happened when Trump and Merkel finally sat down face to face today? Well, at least for the cameras, it was friends once again. We're having a great meeting. We're discussing military expenditure. Uh, we're talking about trade. Uh, we have a very, very good relationship with 
the Chancellor. We have a tremendous relationship with Germany. I think they're very important uh, to have those exchanges together because, uh, after all, we are partners, we're good partners, and we wish to continue to cooperate in the future. And it wasn't just Germany President Trump went after today. He took on all of the NATO alliance, repeating his call that alliance members need to contribute more to their national defense. I think that these countries have to step it up, not over a 10-year period, they have to step it up immediately. Germany is a rich country. They talk about they're going to increase it a tiny bit by 2030. Well, they could increase it immediately tomorrow and have no problem. I don't think it's fair to the United States. But once again, that's not exactly on the mark. According to a former NATO Supreme Allied commander, no country owes the U.S. any money. All the NATO allies have paid every penny that they owe to NATO. There's a pledge that the allies made to commit 2% of their budgets by 2024. Five of the allies are doing it. The others have plans to do this. And so what Mr. Trump, President Trump is saying is misleading about the allies not spending enough. You can see the numbers for yourself and where countries are right now based on that 2014 agreement NATO members have until 2024 to meet the 2 percent target. But President Trump today now says that is not good enough, tweeting this from the summit. Why are there only five out of 29 countries that have met their commitment? The U.S. is paying for Europe's protection, then loses billions on trade, must pay 2% of GDP immediately, not by 2025. And wait, there is more. Trump also proposed moving the goalposts today even farther. Forget the 2% of GDP, apparently. He wants it to be 4%. That's what the White House confirmed that he proposed during meetings today. A mark even the U.S. is not hitting at this point. But despite all of the Trump disruption today, Republicans back home say, NATO, you can count on us. If they're worried about the president's tone, then they can they can turn to the tone of the United States Senate, which last night overwhelmingly uh, gave our support to NATO and the uh, cooperation and recognizing the cooperation of our allies and stating uh, that it was a very important uh, unison that we have, and we intend to stand by it. And if the president is throwing punches in Brussels, he's throwing basically the kitchen sink at China right now. The Trump administration is now preparing a new round of tariffs on $200 billion of Chinese goods, and China is threatening to retaliate. This on the heels of the U.S. slapping that 25 percent tariff on Chinese goods worth $34 billion last week, and China immediately retaliating. Are you sensing a theme here? The moment China said that it was going to impose tariffs on the first round, the U.S. said, you do that, we'll do this. And then the Chinese said, well, if you do this, we'll do that. And that's the position we're at at the moment. Is this what a trade war looks like? Yes. And I would say we're only at the skirmish section. And I shudder to think what the what the more than skirmish section looks like, the full on battle royale section, what that looks like. House Speaker Paul Ryan, a key politician from the president's own party who is very much against tariffs, says he sure hopes it doesn't get to that point. Yeah, I don't want to hamstring the president's negotiating tactics, but I've long said I don't think tariffs are the right way to go. And I think Chairman Brady probably put it right this morning, which is uh, he encouraged um, the president to sit down with Xi and work this out. And I think that's a good idea. 
Here's possibly another good idea. Reunite once and for all the children separated from their parents as a result of the president's zero tolerance policy at the U.S. border. The government now says out of the 102 children who are under the age of five who haven't seen their parents for weeks or months because of this separation policy, the Trump administration has reunited just 38. An attorney for the ACLU, the group taking the government to court over this, says that he's not even confident those numbers are right. Amazingly, we still haven't heard from the government about how many reunifications actually occurred yesterday. You know, maybe there were 38. We're waiting to hear. But if it was only 38, then there is serious noncompliance. And the court said it wants to know by Thursday why the others didn't get reunified and wants to know from us what remedy we think is appropriate for the government missing the deadline for little children not getting back with their parents. The Secretary of Health and Human Services, who is overseeing all of this, says, from their perspective, it's not that simple. The remaining ones are children whose parents didn't confirm to be parents. They were lying about being parents. They're demonstrably unfit. We've got one alleged to be a murderer, one who's a kidnapper, one rapist, one who's a trafficker, one alleged by the child to be a child abuser. We've got another 23 who are unavailable because they're in Marshall's service custody or jails or have been deported. And again, the ACLU does not trust those numbers without more proof. The attorney told me today. So one deadline passed, one court ordered deadline passed by the government. Unclear yet what the punishment will be. There's another deadline coming up, by the way. Uh, all the while, thousands of kids just wait. Still, we'll keep you updated. For now, let's get back to the NATO summit in Brussels, where President Trump has been playing as nice as about a bull in a china shop so far. Jeff Zeleny is there, and he's joining me now. So, Jeff, if this was day one, what can we expect from day two? Well, Kate, I think more of the same, certainly a contentious confrontation. That is the the uh, theme, and that seems to be the president's intent here. Now, his message is similar to other U.S. presidents. It has long been a complaint of the United States that other countries in NATO are not paying their fair share. Only five of 29 uh, nations are uh, paying the 2%. But the proposal the president made for 4% certainly you know, is a uh, non-starter with virtually everyone. But the president is going to be having another round of meetings on Thursday here in Brussels at NATO, meeting with world leaders, talking about this. Interestingly, he did sign that joint communique going after Russia specifically. Uh, normally that is standard fare and standard procedure, not you know, uh, really newsworthy that he signs that. But we all remember what happened at the G7 just last month in Canada. The president did not sign the U.S. onto the joint communique. So there is some agreement here in the broader outlines of things. But the president, of course, will be continuing his meetings here. Uh, he'll be having a few one-on-one -on -one meetings, but generally uh, those are behind him. But on Thursday, the president moving along and will be going to London for his first visit to the United Kingdom as president. Of course, one thing the White House is already bracing for is large-scale protests across London uh, expected to be awaiting for the president there. And, of course, as he goes on, his first meeting with the Queen as well. So the niceties perhaps awaiting for him there in London, Cape. It's still another uh, half day, at least, here in Brussels on Thursday of a diplomatic dance uh, and a confrontation. Kate. And let's see the fallout or um, progress made from all of it. Jeff, great to see you. Thanks so much.
Coming up for us, President Trump turning up the heat on NATO allies. But did his comments today do permanent damage to the alliance? The panel's next. Let's do this. President Trump on offense at the NATO summit, insulting Germany and tweeting, what good is NATO? But when he sat down for one-on-one meetings with fellow leaders, it was all handshakes and smiles, rainbows and butterflies. So what really happened in Brussels today? The panel tonight, Alice Stewart is here, CNN political commentator, Republican strategist, former communications director for Senator Ted Cruz. Christine Quinn is a former New York City Council speaker. Jack, Qu- Jack, Jack Quinn. I just changed your name. I know we all know <laughs> a Jack Quinn. I don't know. It depends on how, what you think like of Jack, Jack Quinn. Jack Kingston, CNN political commentator, former senior advisor to the Trump campaign and former Republican congressman. And Jackie Kucinich, CNN political analyst and Washington bureau chief at the Daily Beast. And I also just married you two. That yeah, was there you really go. good of me. That would be news. That would be so <laughs> news. It would, it would be, be like Carvel and uh, Mary Matlin. Something like that. Sure. Um... <laughs> So, Jackie, let me just continue now. Right. Um, I'm just going to make it super awkward for everybody. President smacking just like Russia. The president smacking Germany over this gas deal. Germany is captive to Russia. What is Trump? What do you think the president is trying to do with this this morning? Well, listen, so there has been uh, from Eastern European countries and the United States, a lot of problems with Germany's relationship with Russia when it comes to gas. Yeah. That, that's been for years that's and years. Not, and, right. and the pipeline that Russia's, that, that they're trying to build um, to uh, not go through the Ukraine, all of right. that has been a problem for a while. Now, the president, it, he, it seems like he's trying to extract something from Germany. Um, and he does this. He conflates things that might not be related. He's trying to use that as a cudgel against NATO. He does this all the time with things. He he links you know the border wall to DACA kids. Like it just this is part of what he does. Um, whether it worked in this respect, I don't think so. But and and also it also rings a little hollow because of his relationship with Russia with Vladimir Putin. He says nice things about them and and, and uh, right. doesn't like to go up against them and yet is hitting. Germany for media. Well, yeah, on the most basic just, level, Jack, how is it helpful to the NATO alliance when the Trump is doing it? I mean, saying like that Germany is being held captive to Russia. I mean, it's like the U.S. sells bonds to China. So is right. the U.S. captive to China? Well, well a couple of things. Remember that uh, President Obama and Vice President Biden were against this pipeline. So it's not like right. it's no, a I'm new issue. I'm not saying he should be and, pro pipeline. But, I'm just but, saying, why bring it up? In, in this well, context. because because Germany is the economic engine, proud economic engine of the EU right now. He says and NATO so, should look into this. Well, uh, but I think it's legitimate. You know, if you're if you're going to put in 1.2 percent of your GDP into defense spending, which is what Germany does, then you ought to be. Then you shouldn't be necessarily jumping in the economic bed with Russia. You're paying them billions of dollars a year to. Um, get their energy and it, it, it's very very inconsistent and that's why i think that the nato has been against it i think a lot of this is clearly vladimir putin's not a big nato fan the president's right. getting ready to go sit down and break bread with vladimir mm-hmm. putin and he wants to be able to say look look what i did I, I i was not super nice to nato so i think that is 
a big part of the optics of what's you going do? on here. Absolutely. So he can so he can show Vladimir Putin. That's an entree into a conversation with Vladimir Putin. Into that, whatever that conversation. Whatever is, yeah. that may be. Uh, heaven help I, us. But if I was but, but Putin, then, I'd say, hey, leave my pipeline alone. Uh, uh, you know, don't don't bring that up. So I, I'm I not also sure. think you can't forget. I, other politics here, which is that the president is no fan of Chancellor Merkel's. That's a fact. He can say they're friends as much as they want. They're never going out to dinner. That's not happening. They're not going to the movies. She's in a tough political position. This is yet another way that the president can kind of hit her and maybe put her in a more precarious position. I thought her response really was brilliant, saying, I've lived as a prisoner of Russia. I know what that was like. This is not that. We are now free and holding herself up as someone who's protecting that. Correct. Um, And, you know, the former uh, former chancellor is now, uh, I think, the head of this project or overseeing it. So he's 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 like chairman or something. Yeah, But but put it all, all of that aside, I mean, I'm just wondering how this helps the alliance. In terms of, and then the president tweets, what good, just want to make sure I have it right, what good is NATO with regard to this and also the defense expenditures? Just then, and then Mike Pompeo tweets, NATO is the most successful alliance in history. I haven't heard Trump say once NATO is the most successful alliance in history it's, since well, he's been on the ground. But I, but I would venture to, I'm actually struggling to name one multilateral alliance that the president likes. Right. He doesn't. He likes bilateral agreements, and that's just not how the world works right now. He doesn't um, like team sports. But, right. well, but as, as confusing as the, a lot of people, as, not blowing up world order. <laughs> exactly. As confusing as the the breakfast was this morning, this still the the overall message that the president is relaying is consistent with what he's always said. The United States will not be NATO's piggy bank, and it's time for everyone to to pay more, pay their fair share. And and that is something that he has always said. He has been consistent with that, and he did make progress on that. It, it was a little rough around the edges, right, but, but he there, has made progress. But you progress, could, well, progress, sure. And I've heard uh, from the Secretary General of NATO to uh, lawmakers here at home. They do attribute the president's hammering, hammering, hammering home on the two percent expenditures, getting people, getting this to the forefront of the conversation. But is that to the detriment of other conversations and other things that need to be discussed well, between NATO allies? A couple uh, things. First, what he got, largely we had already. If you look at the prior documents, there had been a commitment to take efforts to get to two percent mm-hmm. and even further. So I think, yes, did he amplify it? Yes. Did he get something new? No, I don't think significantly. But also, could he have gotten that or could someone have gotten that without attacking allies and making NATO look weak? I would think so. I don't but, think but he has moving they, the goalposts even further uh, then. Uh, from I, the I 2% to the 4% it, from 2024 to immediately. I mean, I don't understand. What's the point well, of moving well, the goalposts Well, number one, constantly? NATO passed a resolution in 2006. Yes. We would get to this. And then again in 2014. And I think what really yes. does happen in particular. But that didn't answer my question. Well, I think that one of the signals that I wanted to say he sent and is to Americans who are just fed up with the status quo, that we go to Europe or we go to international groups and there's a lot of happy talk. I actually went to... So it's just better if there, nothing happens, just a lot of unhappy talk. No, no, I, 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 think he, I think he's moving them and he's also sending a signal Where's to Russia that, that I am getting... Uh, right now they are moving up their percentage, but, but let me say this. I went they were doing to, it anyway. Well, I don't know. I think they're going to do it a lot faster, and they are reacting to it. But but let me say but this: I went to NATO during 
I went to NATO during the campaign, yeah. and they said to me, we would not meet with you as a representative of Donald Trump, but I'll, as a former member of Congress, we'll sit down yeah. and talk to you. Then I got in there, all they wanted to talk about was Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> and they were very, very nervous that Trump was going to do what he is doing, which is shaking up the alliance. Because I think there is a legitimate question. 1991, the Warsaw Pact dissolved with the... Uh, uh, All right, well, with actually, Soviet you're Union, getting to something so that I now. wanted to talk about after the break. So just hold it, hold it, don't forget <laughs> it. Angry words from President Trump today, but will it translate into action? What's the impact of the president's attacks on NATO? That's next. Despite these differences, we have always been able to unite around our core task uh, to protect and defend each other because we understand that we are stronger together than apart. NATO Secretary General with a reminder that NATO has seen some tough times in the past, but has the alliance ever seen anything quite like the President Trump treatment of today? Let's get back to the panel. Okay, Jack, is Donald Trump bending world order as we know it, or is this just words? No, I think it's a little bit bent in the world order because 1991, Wausau Pact dissolves. The, the creation of NATO, as you know, 1947, really was Europe, let's band together to protect ourselves from Soviet aggression. So the question is, Soviet Union doesn't live anymore. How much aggression is there? And if, if the European countries aren't willing to pay for protection, protecting themselves against Russia, why should Americans? But they are. They, but they, that's the point. Right. The, the, you see the European countries, it's either five or seven of them have already may have heard reports of both, made the goal. Out of we 29. S- but we're seeing a recommitment recomm- in 6 and 14 and now even a recommitment to make the goal and perhaps expand the goal. And, so it's not this effort where Europe was thumbing their nose. There are attempts going on. But let's also remember the very same people we are now wagging our fingers at are standing side by side, our brave men and women in Afghanistan and Iraq. With a They're very small allies. number of soldiers. They oh, are Jack, there. Are you serious? I'm, that's I'm your argument serious. right now? No, that is I can just tell you, there's two guys who are putting their lives on the line. No, it's really not a big no, deal. I don't but, think that's no, not no, no, no. Let me tell you unequivocally, because I represented, I had the honor of representing the 3rd Infantry Division, and under Bush, Jack, where there was Jack, all this Jack, talk about... Wait, no, let me say something about the coalition. When you looked at the coalition of what these countries were contributing, they were not... When no one was with us, they were. When no one was with us, they were. The only time Article 5 has ever been put into use is after 9-11, and people stood up with the United States. But that wasn't a NATO action. In Afghanistan right now, NATO troops are standing next to U.S. soldiers. When the president... Yes, they are. When the president tweets, what good is NATO, what does that mean for them? It, It is his way, once again, of saying, pony up. You need to pay more of your fair share. And look, this is classic Trump. This is what he does on domestic issues and what he's doing on many international issues. The ends justify the means. He wants to see uh, across the board 2% input by NATO countries, and this is his way of go about doing it. What we had happened this morning at breakfast and all day long, all of this mess, 
that doesn't matter to this president as long as his well, end goal is accomplished. That is a victory. Or for yeah, him. Why, why does he hate team sports so much? Why does he hate group meetings so much? Why does he hate international? What, what's your guess? Uh, my guess is that he thinks he has more leverage if he's dealing with someone one-on-one. Um, but I also wanted to point out, as he, if he's eroding the Western alliance, he's, cre- he's creating room for Putin and for other people, too, because Putin wants to weaken NATO. He wants to weaken... The, so he's, he's exacerbating a problem that he says he's trying to fix. So to what end? I don't know that there is an end game. This isn't Breaking Bad. They don't know how it ends. I will, tell, uh, I will <laughs> say, though, Chuck Grassley, uh, Republican senator, he said, he said that what Donald Trump is doing, no one should be surprised at. He's talked no, about he this up to this point, And he says, he argues that he is making NATO stronger than it was before. Where, do you see that argument? I don't. I, I don't know what he's talking about. I, I do. Yeah, no. Let me give you a number. The defense budget for NATO is set $950 million. America pays about six hundred million. We're the richest yeah, country no, uh, their own. in like the but universe. Here's, here's the thing. That's, they've been but, on their, but, but on our the own defense. But the that collection, no, the yes, collection yes. of EU countries going to 2% would offset. There are 29 NATO nations. Ask if, if they are... They're but they're vo- not let me, let me like say this. everyone's equal in this. Because they're, they're not. Voting. We're like the richest country in the planet but of all countries. But that's why it's a percentage and not a lot of dollars. It's a 2%. Well, then stop saying that. <laughs> all right, guys, we got to go. This is day 538 of President Trump's administration. That is also means it is 118 days until the midterm elections. What could happen between now and then? Great to see you. We'll see you back here tomorrow. When you work, you work next level. And when you play, you play next level. And when it's time to sleep, Sleep Number smart beds are designed to embrace your uniqueness, providing you with high-quality sleep every night. Sleep next level. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, the Queen Sleep Number C4 smart bed is only $1,599. Save $300 for a limited time, only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Prices higher in Alaska and Hawaii. Quality sleep is essential, and that's why the Sleep Number smart bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. So you can choose what's right for you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature. Quiets their snores. Sleep Number does that. Sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on Sleep Number limited edition smart beds for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com.